0: listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to unique leaders live i'm megan dimartino and today is friday my most favorite day of the week and not because it's friday but because it's unique leaders live. i am so excited to bring to you this gentleman today sebastian sebastian is an amazing podcaster but his story is truly unique and with that Unique Leaders was uh, birthed last year when people needed some hope and infinite possibilities. And so I started interviewing compelling people with stories just like yours and mine. I know that you will see yourself within Sebastian's story as well as our other guests who have been with us for over a year. You can go to YouTube and other uh, uh, platforms of social media and you can find these. Please go right now and share. What uh, this segment on all your social media platforms because I know it will resonate with you as well as many many others so without further ado I'd like to introduce you to my guest Sebastian Musk hello hello
1: hi Megan how are you great to be here thanks for having me
0: I am well and I am so thrilled to have you Sebastian as we spoke before we began today that I've been listening to you because we're on clubhouse can't see you but uh, listening to you on this audio app which is amazing with uh, uh, pre- uh, predominantly on breakfast with champions and your story is so compelling. So I would like you to just go back to young Sebastian. And share a little bit about where you grew up, a little bit about yourself, and then just your journey, which brings you to today.
1: Sure. So I was a rambunctious, hyperactive, bouncing-off-the-wall kid. You could never pin me down. I was constantly going 150 miles an hour, and no one could figure out what to do with me. In fact, one Wednesday night at church, we used to have supper at church Mm -hmm. uh, before church, and I was running with some chocolate pudding and I ran right up to the pastor right up to his white shirt as I went to give him a hug the chocolate pudding was all over him but he luckily had a blazer with him so he was able to cover it and get through the service that evening but just to give you some perspective on little sebastian it's funny you asked that i don't get asked a lot about little sebastian i get asked a lot about the past and what brought you to current day and where you're at Mm -hmm. right now but i was a rambunctious kid i just wanted to be heard i just Mm -hmm. wanted to have a voice and that was Mm -hmm. not available uh in the 80s Uh, we were just moving out of the last generation of where you had no voice as a child you Mm but you spoke You were to speak when spoken to and do as I say, not as I do. That was that generation. And there wasn't a lot of voice for kids to have in the eighties started to have a little bit more voice, but it was still, you know, you, you, you needed to watch your lip at the dinner table, if you will. And, you know, as, as, as time has progressed, obviously parenting has evolved. Thank God since then. Mm-hmm. And because of and my parents are great parents, my, my mom is is one of my best friends. And I don't have a, a huge relationship with my father, but I do have a relationship with him. And, and the common denominator is they, you know, they did the best that they could with the resources that sure. they had. Sure. Uh, and then I was nine years old, they decided that this isn't working out anymore. And my mom decided uh, to move out and they got divorced. My dad quickly got remarried, uh, uh, about six months after that. And, um, I didn't stay, I didn't go with my mother. Um, my sister and I stayed with my dad and, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the, the, the most pleasurable experience because his, his new wife, you know, my then stepmother would, would, you know, didn't know how to play that role correctly and we didn't understand that as kids it was very very confusing but my my sister later went on to move in with my mother and i i followed her and then we we moved to miami and that that's that's really the rest of of, you know of the story pertaining to childhood on here but Mm -hmm. i went from a space of hyperactive what are we going to do with this kid i just want to be heard i didn't know that i just wanted to be heard because i'm just a kid you don't think about or know those things on here to my mother who loves me deep and wide and all around and to this day would give the shirt off her back for me or anybody that I know and love. And, um, so, so it was a unique shift where I was always heard by her. I still am to this day mm-hmm. always. And then at times misunderstood, if you will, is probably the best way to do it. But when I got out of high school, I knew there was a better way. Cause I'm like, I can't even stay in school when it's free. Do you, want me to pay? Do you want me to pay and go? It's just not going to happen. Plus, there's just got to be a better way. So <laughs> my, my mom literally had a U-Haul backed up to the house the day after graduation, high school graduation. She's like, you get three options. You, I'll get you into your own place. I'll pay for your real estate license. Or at the time, my sister was living in Germany, working through working for the military as a civilian group. It's kind of what you did after college. Mm-hmm. In your 20s, you went over there. You made 10 bucks an hour. You partied at the disco five out of seven days. Went on trips all over Europe, and it was just a good setup. Well, I was going to join that process, and uh, that was an opportunity, too. And clearly, I said, no, I want to stay here in Miami. I want my own place. So I did that. And I just went from job to job to job. I had the gift of gab, thankfully. So I was able to mm-hmm. move into sales eventually. But I did struggle out of the gates trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But I didn't match up. Ah, this is why people go to college so they can actually figure their life out because you don't right. want to figure that out at 19. And I had uh, moved all around Miami, a couple different jobs, and then decided to move up to um, Fort Lauderdale. I was up there for a little while and then my friends all went to college in South uh in Tampa at the University Mm -hmm. of South Florida. And and when I say they called me and they're like, We're 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 getting ready to leave for college. And I said can I go? And they said, sure. Mm -hmm. I just packed my stuff up and showed up in in Tampa and had no idea what was going to happen. I knew they were going to go to school and I wasn't, I needed to find a job and they didn't have to, but I would still be able to go to all the frat parties and borrow their meal cards and experience the college life. So I did that for a couple of years, uh, which was a wild, wild ride and found my way back to South Florida. And that's when I found the world of sales and really found my niche of being able to say, Maybe I can do this. This is something that I'm really, really good at. And then uh, I guess it was 1999 rolls around, and I'm in one of these newer sales jobs. I'm selling websites in Fort Lauderdale. Never forget Mm -hmm. it. Early on, 1999. That's when Bill Gates was saying, "You're not in business if you don't have a website." So I was in a good space. And uh, right before the millennial, right before year 2000, everything was the world was going to shut down. And um, I got some quick news that I was going to be a dad. And um, I thought, wow. Maybe, just maybe, this is exactly what I need. Most guys at 19 years old, not don't don't have that thought process. But I, I you I have,
0: really had that thought?
1: Yeah, I absolutely did. I mean, yeah. almost to the point where I was extremely careless, almost intentionally, because I knew that if I was like I, I was, I was yearning for responsibility, like uh, in a in a in a tremendous way. Unfortunately, it takes two. So, you know, the the other party did not have those ambitions or goals, and it was quite the opposite, actually. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, and I took the blame for it, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was fine. It was all my fault. I was the only one there that day, clearly. (laughs) And... uh,
0: Well, well, it takes two, but yes, yes.
1: It certainly does. Yeah, Mm -hmm. most definitely. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. It still takes two, even these days. My goodness. Mm -hmm. Another conversation, another podcast. Right, exactly. So, um... You know, Megan, it was something I'll, I'll never forget. I, I was I had taken a job in Fort Lauderdale, but I went to I went to go check out a company in Chicago from a vendor of this company. So it was th- so think of it was that it was an internet company. They sell websites, and then one of their vendors is a domain registrar. So think GoDaddy, right?
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: And I hit it off with these guys. I'm like, that's a really cool game, the domain game. These like the secondary. This is right when network solutions was no longer the only place to register domain name and the deregulation had started to open up with icann so all these registrars were popping up and then the the the, like the gold mine of domain capturing was happening Mm -hmm. and there was an opportunity that opened up for me to be to go after other companies like i was working for hosting companies website companies any company that was putting people in business that would be a fit to say hey you need your name.com
0: but that i just want to interrupt that is real for our our guests that is really early in the game of websites and yeah. domain names because I have a URL, Novitaspa since 98. Right. And people said, wow, that, you know, so go ahead. But I just want people to know the timeline that that is really early. It was
1: all speculation. All mm-hmm. of it. It was still, mm-hmm. it's still spec. In fact, one of the guys that I used to work for, um, is still in the domain game domain auctioning and brokering game to this day which is yeah. absolutely crazy to me so mm-hmm. we ended up putting a deal together and i came back to florida and quit and i said hey listen i'm going to work for one of your vendors which wasn't the most but i was like hey listen she's pregnant like i gotta feed the kid and i need diapers and stuff like can i have a little pity and <laughs> uh, they weren't excited that i was going to work for one of their vendors which is essentially their, you know they're, they were a reseller for this company uh, and see. i'm going to work for the source mm-hmm. um, but I, it was a good move for me i went up there and they said listen mm-hmm. these guys were like you know listen you're 20 years old we're bringing you to the suburbs of Chicago. Mm-hmm. we give you a salary, 36000 37000 a year plus commission. You live in the burbs. We'll pay for your move to get out here. It'll be a good environment for you to be in. And I said, absolutely. So my daughter's mother was like, I mean, what else are we going to do? Let, let's go. So we packed up the car, moved to Chicago. And I quickly realized it's very, very Cold there, and I didn't know that a Miami boy from the beach was going to be able to settle into scraping windshields for the winter. But I was able to grin and bear it for a year. I had a good, decent year. I made about fifty grand that year. Not bad for a twenty-year-old no, kid a with a, time. you know, with a baby on the way. And remember, this mm-hmm. is twenty. This is year two thousand. Fifty exactly. grand went a long ways. But, you know, I want, I don't know, dare. I say back then, but. I realized I didn't want to freeze anymore, yeah. and that the domain game that had some—if I owned the domain registrar, I could probably have a profitable business and sell it off, which they eventually did for fifteen million. Um, mm-hmm. But. I was just a, a sales rep. And every mm-hmm. year I wanted to evaluate, okay, cool, I made 50 this year, how to make 100 next year. And I had called on a company in Southern California that I had found on an infomercial at three o'clock in the morning. And uh, when you have a baby, you're up at three o'clock in the morning or you know, no baby and you're making bad decisions. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, I experienced both both sides right. of the there. <laughs> but this thought I was up and I was watching an a, a, a infomercial on TV and it was called the internet treasure chest. And it was a business in a box. It was your website and your merchant account and drop shipping and this whole nine. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, these people are registering domain names. I didn't think I yeah. want to buy the package and start my own business. I wasn't an mm-hmm. entrepreneur yet. I was still at just big ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about this? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I called this guy for six months straight. I did the whole Charlie Sheen wall street. You no know, kid calls me mm-hmm. 65 days in a row wants to be a mm-hmm. player. And mm-hmm. he finally called me back um, and after six months and he said, um, you know, kid, your picture should be under the word persistence in the dictionary. I was
0: just thinking persistence. Yes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We're getting a little bit of feedback on your mic there. I just want to let you know, just in case you're it's cracking It's buzzing a little bit when you talk
0: they don't see any. Oh, we're but- good now.
1: Sorry. I didn't know. I just want to make yeah. sure. Sorry. It's the podcaster in me. I have no filter with that. <laughs> so I did. I, I did hear someone. Tell. Anyhow. So um, he finally calls me back and he goes, have you ever been to Southern California before? I was like, take it easy, buddy. I'm trying to get your business. I'm not trying to get to Southern California. So he said, listen, this whole domain business, it's what I like to call tripping over. I'll never forget it. Tripping over toothpicks to pick up pennies. He goes, why don't you come out here and make some real money? You ever made a hundred grand before? And I'm like, this guy's out of his just completely out of his tree. And I said, do you wanna do the deal or not? And we went back and forth for quite some time. And he eventually said, "You know, I, we can't come to terms, no deal. Keep in touch. If you ever want a job in Southern California, call me back. So I called him at the end of that year and he picked up the phone and he goes, you're ready, aren't you? And he goes, listen, get out here, I'll put you up. And I go, no, 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 timeout. You're looking for new talent. You're going to fly me out there and put me up and we'll figure out what we can do. So I, I ended up going out there uh, right two weeks before Christmas three, uh, yeah, two weeks before Christmas. And I fly to Southern California and he tells me to meet him at this place called South Coast Plaza, which is this gigantic mall Mm -hmm. in Costa Mesa, California. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like eight hours late coming back from Vegas with his family, which does happen. It's extremely common if you're driving and there's traffic coming back from Vegas to -hmm. Southern California, it could happen. But I didn't know that. I'm a Miami guy again. Mm -hmm. So he finally gets there and we we go to his house and he says, listen, I'm going to guarantee that you make your first hundred grand this year. But I want you to go into this sales floor tomorrow morning actually we're gonna play golf tomorrow watch football Monday morning and I want you to just ruffle as many feathers as possible and close as many deals as possible and just go absolutely Rambo and I was like are you sure I'm like I don't know if that's good advice or not but you got it buddy so I went in there and I absolutely crushed it the first week I wasn't the most popular guy in town Mm -hmm. but I crushed it. I made like four grand which was my 50 grand a year to four Mm -hmm. grand my first week in Southern California so (laughs) I called my daughter's mother and I'm like hey listen you know I'm crushing it out here it may be a good idea to stick around for like another week and see how it goes instead of just like checking out the job and coming back. So I did that. And then she came out with the baby. I ended up staying the third week out there. And then we literally went back to Chicago, got our stuff, bought three one-way tickets and uh, arrived January 1st of 2001 in Southern California. So um, I took that job for a year, was salesman of the year, made my first hundred grand, actually finished the year at 103,000, went to the Caribbean, got the bonus check, came back and I quit. And people are like, you are nuts. You run this place. Are you crazy? Top salesman making a hundred grand a year, living the dream in Orange County, California. Uh, so I said, I did some quick math. I made this guy 700. I brought in $750,000 this year in sales. And I took home 103. And those numbers will never work for me. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I left and mm-hmm. became an entrepreneur. And I've mm-hmm. never looked back since. Mm-hmm. And that was in uh 2003. So mm-hmm. uh, it had been a wild ride. Um, the, the thing I lacked Megan was character development is that I was so young and so stupid yes. mm-hmm. that I had all the answers and you couldn't mm-hmm. and throw a little bit of cash in the mix. We got a party ladies and gentlemen. So yeah. the, the humility factor shows up in very, very unique ways. For me, it was having the, having the attitude of you can't tell me anything. I've mm-hmm. got all the answers mm-hmm. and I got a little bit of cash too. So um, 2008 rolls around and the recession happens. The market crashes. I have a business that I help marketers. I have call centers that do direct live inbound calls to mm-hmm. mortgage brokers, and to real estate brokers uh, through our marketing efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, market crashes, nobody to sell anything to, nobody to do anything yeah. anywhere. I yeah. had no clients left. I have a $10,000 a month lifestyle just to wake up, keep the lights on. That's not even having a, like, that's just just to wake up. And, and things are starting to dwindle away. My income is dwindling away. So I came back from my best friend's wedding in March of 2008, woke up on the beach, not literally on the beach, but at my buddy's place. And I mm-hmm. said, uh, it's time to come home. Because it's all, it's all it's all, fizzling away. They're repoing the cars. I'm about to be kicked out of my condo. Like, it's all, it's all fizzling away. Let's just grab a duffel bag, take our belongings, grab my daughter, and head back to Florida. And that's exactly what I did. I had friends in low places
0: here. So let's stop for a sec, because you just said, and my daughter. So when did the relationship end? Because you sh- earlier said from Chicago, three uh, tickets, you know, one way out to California. Yeah. So tell uh, us a little bit about that. Yeah. Meaning so that- she,
1: you know, she wasn't ready to be a stay at home mom. Like she had mm-hmm. no desire to do it, she had a dream job in orange county to just hang out and be a stay-at-home mom but it, you can't wrap your head around that at 20 nor did she want to be a mother so mm-hmm. you got to just start there like let's start with the basis of where she was at so she decided to go and have her own agenda of whatever she wanted to do i got married for my parents because they wouldn't shut up about it and i said listen if it doesn't work out you're paying for the divorce and they did so um at least my dad and his wife and uh, you know it was this whole like guilt this whole like all these lies I was told as a child in church about all these things that should and shouldn't be and how they work and they don't work. And it's just that. And as I've, Been able to grow my faith and develop my faith as a Christian, I realize Mm -hmm. how much nonsense I was told as a child. That's why I always i I identify now as a recovered Baptist, (laughs) doing all things, all the wrong things that I was taught as a kid. But we didn't work out. We we tried to make it work. We got married Mm -hmm. in Laguna Beach and small little wedding, and tried to go through all these motions. And I knew I shouldn't be doing this, Mm -hmm. but again, your brain isn't even fully developed at 21 years old, so you don't even know what you're doing, let alone making good decisions. So I let her go, but I said, you go play, mm-hmm. but we're not going to do it at her expense because I'm going to get her raised. And this is the way that it's going. So if you want to dip buy. I'll help you pack, but she's not going anywhere. And I was really firm with that. And she didn't really care. She didn't want to be in the game anyway. So mm-hmm. I, you know, she, she left and I, um, I went and bought my first house. I filed for divorce, went and bought my first house, uh, and dissolved our very, very short-term marriage, worked out a Arrangement for her to see her every other weekend, and she did mm-hmm. that for most weekends. And then, you know, she she ran into some life's challenges and 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 had to address those, and ended up leaving Southern California uh, about four years later. To coming back, so I was full time out there. So, in addition to the recession, almost losing it all, I got no help other than my neighbors and friends and God wow. just sending gets- people my way to show up. I mean, Newport yes. Beach is a good is a good place to be to build a network and have your kid go to school, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're a young single dad, because I you know I would always get rescued by all the soccer moms thank god but and i was truly i mean i have no idea how i kept my sanity and managed all of that free childcare yeah, just by people showing true. up saying we absolutely love her we got her can you go on a mm-hmm. date or something and call us when you're back and we'll bring her i mean it was, it was just unbelievable uh the, the love that we had even though i was out there by myself so i that's mm-hmm. when that's when i decided to come back in 2008 mm-hmm. her mom was here even though her mom wasn't that active in her life yes, but still least, mm-hmm. right she could at least have proximity in retrospect now, I don't know if that's good or bad, but being able to at least have, and my mom's here, my sister yeah. later moved from Northern California, got a job in Miami, another God thing that just happened. And my sister's helped me raise her too. That's so cool. being able to have that, that, that whole process, but mm-hmm. 2008 was gnarly in mean, 2008 to 2010. I just, I did nothing. I was, mm-hmm. I, I was, and I think a lot of people went through those challenging times. And then in 2010, I just had this awakening moment and it all changed. And that's mm-hmm. the time that, you know, here we are 11 years, later and i haven't looked back you know from that awakening moment i've just had more more and more and more awakening moments more and more uh um layers of the of the onion being peeled back, more and more character Mm relevant revelation and it Mm -hmm. reminds me of the story of, of of michelangelo creating the statue of david and people marveled at this just incredible sculpture that he had done and they would give him all kinds of accolades and compliments and say michelangelo how could you create something so incredible and so perfect he said i didn't create anything I simply chipped away from everything that wasn't David and David appeared. And ever since I heard that, I thought to myself, what does it look like for us to continue to chip away at everything that no longer works in our life, to continue to reveal who we need to be for this world, who we need to be for the people that we have been assigned to, who we need to be for the assignment that's that's on our life. And I don't think there's any question, Megan, on whether or not there's a calling on every single one of our lives. I think the only question is, are we willing to answer that
0: calling? That's right. That's right. I love say that again though about uh, Michelangelo, meaning the D- David. Uh, that as he's sculpting it's really yeah, a it's profound the,
1: statement I, in fact i heard the story for the first time on on clubhouse back in december i was like what i use it all the time now because it's not uh, it's it, it, it's it's been an existing story it actually happened but sure. people don't don't recognize it a lot so michelangelo people marveled at the statue of david and what he had created and when mm-hmm. they gave him accolades and 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 compliments on what he had done with the statue of David, they would ask, how are you able to create something so so beautiful and so so perfect? And he said, I didn't create David. I simply chipped away and removed everything that wasn't of David, and David appeared. And I thought, wow, what does that look like for our life?
0: Right, right. But it takes, uh, now taking away from a statue, but it takes um, for, for us humans, uh, it takes really tremendous insight. It takes sure. tremendous desire to chip that away yes. because most people don't take that time or have that uh, willingness or to away. face themselves and chip away.
1: Or awareness—that's where it all centers down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I—I mm-hmm. I, I started this, this 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 journey in 2010 mm-hmm. to, to start over and figure out this is the next phase. I'm going to build a sustainable brand that people invest in. Sebastian and what I've also created—not something where I'm determining where wherever the market's gonna go, or depending if a client has a great week in sales and business because of the services that I'm providing to them, it's going to be something. And then as as I've continued to do the healing work uh, on myself in and, mm-hmm. and, and the becoming work, really, of of, of becoming who, who I'm designed to be, I'm able to pass that on through the work that I'm doing with people. Cause starting a podcast may sound like an easy process and it's not hard. But getting started will be the biggest challenge there and sh- silencing that inner critic and being able to get out of those limiting beliefs of I'm gonna sound like crap, I'm gonna look dumb, people aren't gonna listen, no one's gonna like it. And again, to go back to another artist analogy here, I, I, it was some, and I'm paraphrasing here, but, but Warhol had once said, don't worry about what the beholder has to say about what you're creating. Just keep creating. And I thought, wow, what does that look like for content Mm -hmm. these days? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. I say that all the time, Sebastian, just a start, don't stop. But it is about that process and it's the creating. It really is the whole. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yes. You know, the reason I ask about young Sebastian, I ask all my guests that same question, because if you think about where you are right now, and we still have, you know, some years to go here, but but the bottom line is that you just said about the, the David or the David in Italy is that, you know, chiseling way. But if you don't see the essence, then it's harder for people to really relate to you know, the essence of you. There are a lot of um uh, guys, and I'm gonna say you guys right now, because sure. this is you, but you know, that weren't academically oriented, that were, you know, uh you were an adventurer. You were, you know, Absolutely. like you said, you just couldn't stop. Well, you that's a great way people, to put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I hey, I was too. I am a female, but that was me. Sure, and sure. I just wanted to explore and do, you know, yeah. and create. And creating is what I've been, you know, really cognizant of about me since I was a little girl. But but again, we're misunderstood because we're not the ones to sit in the chair, you know, and follow the leader, so to speak. And so we're just so people misunderstand us. So uh, but I wanted our guests to I mean, that's why I want our guests to really know the early Sebastian. You know, I share with you about Bob Berg. I love to share this story. Love Bob Bob Berg, the author of The Go-Giver series. Love Bob yeah, but Bob was a guest, and I, but I've known Bob personally as well, but he shared um, that when he was in high school, no joke, when he was in high school and he was graduating, the guidance counselor said, Berg, I never thought I'd see you here. And, you know, he's a multimillion bookseller, you know, of the the series and, uh, you know, endless referrals with uh, sales. But I mean, so when he said I was on academic probation all years of my college, he did go to college, but it was a local uh, school and he was on academic because that wasn't his thing so it's honoring who you are and how god sure. wired us you know
1: exactly it's certainly certainly i love bob i had the unique opportunity to spend the day with him a few years back at oh, a, yes. an event we collaborated on here in miami and uh, just a, just a great great guy and i don't, I don't think he's ever not smiling
0: no but uh, he's just an affable, lovely person. Yes, sure just is. really wonderful. Hello,
1: South Floridian, too, I believe. I, th- I think he's up the pike a little bit for me. Here.
0: A little bit up, yes. But he's in certainly in that neck of the woods. So now you're um, – so you started your podcast – you said in 11, 12? So, so it
1: was 2010. 10. I I wanted to start, um, I needed to start something because I'd been active with social media since MySpace, since LinkedIn, really. LinkedIn was the first player on the block. I see. Not A lot of people know that, not a lot of people know that. It was late like 2003. No. So it was, my, it was LinkedIn, MySpace, and then Facebook in 2006. Mm-hmm. And it took me four years to figure out how to turn it into a business. And I when I had that awakening moment that I was going to do something next, I had this desire to want to go see Tony Robbins. So I called my friend that worked for Tony at the time. And she gave me all the details about unleashed power within that was going to be in long beach that year. And I hung up and I was like, I have no idea I'm going to get there, but at least I have the details. And well we we get to figure this out. So she calls me back an hour later and she's like, Oh my God, I totally forgot to introduce you to my, to my best friend. She travels with Tony and she's part of his core team and she lives on Miami beach. It's definitely worth a cocktail. great connect for you. I'll definitely do it. Let's do it. So uh, she connects us and I send her a video of this. I was trying to figure out my consulting business, what I was going to do next. So I send this person the video and I said, Hey, you know, you're a complete stranger. We just got introduced. Can you check this video and let me know what you think? So she gets back to me and she's over the top, wild energy, very similar to myself. And she's like, this is incredible. Let's talk more about this on Friday. And I said, let's do it. So we meet up on Friday and we're sitting across from each other, um, having a drink at happy hour. And she says to me, "So what's next?" And I said, uh, "I don't know." And she says, well, "That's a problem. That's the PG. That's, that's the PG version." Like. And and I said, uh, "These are my offended days, Megan." So I was like, "Who is this? Who is this lady checking me? Like on a Friday afternoon?" I thought we were, I, I didn't know what. I didn't know what to think. But anyway, mm-hmm. and I said, "You know what? Why don't you, you know, enlighten me? What do you mean by that? Why is it a? Why is my life?" a problem Hmm. and she said uh let me ask you a question who's who's missing out because you're not showing up and i thought whoa
0: such a good way to look at it." maybe
1: it's not about me so she could get all this thing going on with social media this that, and the others a lot of buzz you sent me that video you could have done this So I was like, what about social buzz TV? I could do like, like a YouTube channel and like content and teach people social media and like we can help people with them eventually. And she's like, I love it. Yeah. So that one day I I sent that to a designer and then came back to me, which is still the social buzz TV logo to this day. But I built that in an organic way where I spent 10 months having no idea where I was going to make money. I just, I just showed up. I showed up with a flip cam. I had a bus pass I had a skateboard. I had no money. (laughs) I just had a burning desire just to figure it out. And I would show up at networking events and say, Hey, Megan, just let me in. I have a flip cam and I'll do a video recap. I'll give it to you. Just tell everybody about it. And no one said no to that. Then I started wearing bow ties and people never said no to the guy with a bow tie and a camera ever. So I started doing my own networking events and then you would go, Hey, Sebastian, I saw your networking event and I I saw you at another networking event or I went to your social media boot camp. Actually, I want to, can you help me set up social media for my business and then that's when I opened my uh the social wise agency in two thousand like two early two thousand eleven, and I was pretty much off to the races. Right around that time of two thousand eleven, mm-hmm. I met a guy by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk, and mm-hmm. Gary revolutionized the the path that I would be on and what I would do and what I would set out to do. He, he just it was an incredible opportunity to to not only take on a, a mentor very early on in the Gary V days, but just an exceptional oh. human being and just somebody. Oh, he beautiful. did
0: take you on as a oh wow, that's yeah. I mean, very it was but I mean,
1: you know, by it, by it. So it wasn't a there was no official transaction of like I am your mentor. He doesn't even believe in mentors. If we can you know, just throw that out there, he doesn't mm-hmm. believe in that he says mentor yourself. Right. But through his early days of when he was beginning at VaynerMedia, he was ending his wine mm-hmm. days. I was able to mm-hmm. connect with them. He had a second book signing here in Miami. I had a camera crew call me the day before, just all god stuff that lined up yes. that be able to yes. allowed us to connect. connect and become friends and develop a relationship. And I was able to really follow that blueprint of what he was doing. And these days we see each other at other events. I I do a lot of um, moderating and hosting and and, and MC work for corporate events, as well as speaking Mm -hmm. at events. So it's a lot of backstage green room, which is amazing. It's always a full circle story Mm -hmm. for me of being able to, how, how instrumental Gary's been in my life. But I knew that there was more. I knew that even though I was helping people with social media, social media was becoming more and more popular. The the barrier to entry is extremely low. It -hmm. was like the number one still is to this day, like the number, like top three job titles, personal trainer, social media manager and realtor. And I, those, there's nothing wrong with those jobs. I just knew in my heart of hearts that I was designed for something more. I just didn't know what that more was. And I also knew that back to the 2000s of the character development thing. I knew Mm -hmm. that that job was not done yet. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I was still apologizing. Why? Because I was still lighting people up. Why? Because I was still mad and frustrated. Why? Because I still couldn't get out of my way. So Mm -hmm. when that happens, if we're aware, we can at least ask questions. I was resistant to the answers, but I could at least ask questions. And in 2016, I was adamant about finding a girlfriend. I wanted a girlfriend. So I pulled up some dating apps and i'm gonna find me a girlfriend and guess what megan i found me a girlfriend boy did i find a girlfriend so i i met her in march of 2016 and we met for uh we met for a beer up in fort lauderdale she lived about 45 minutes from me and she shared with me that she was currently in this program called Gratitude Training, and Gratitude Training was a personal development program. And I, at that time, I was like, "Oh, I'm a personal development expert. I mean, just ask me. I mean, it's Tony Robbins, Landmark Forum. <laughs> I mean, you name it, I am." But I'm in the integration phase right now, so I'm not really interested in taking on anything new because, of course, she's in the course, so her job is to enroll everybody in her life in it. That's just how personal development works. Mm-hmm. But I was like, "No, no, no, no. I want to date you, but I don't want to take the course." And she's like, "Okay, cool. Let's shelf this qu- conversation." conversation. conversation for now, but she eventually got me and she called me on a Friday night. She said, Hey, listen, I know you said you don't want to go, but I just signed you up. So you start next Thursday. And, uh, I said, well, I don't know that I, she's like, you're actually gonna, you're going to go. And I, she, she kind of forced me through the doors of that place. And, Mm -hmm. And in that, in that space, there was, there was, there was two parts, there was three parts, but I only took two of them. Um, they were enough to be able to get me to where I needed to be, which is to love myself, to take full accountability for my life, complete ownership, and increase my own awareness so I can improve all of those areas and wow. stop blaming people. For 38 years, I blamed my dad but for, for, for whatever story I decided to make up. For 40 some years, I blamed my stepmother for how she showed up instead of just, and when I went through all this, it, quick me, it quickly helped me realize that my dad didn't do anything. He didn't do anything wrong, and guess what? Little Sebi, he didn't do anything wrong either. Mm-hmm. We all just did exactly what we could do, which was the best we could do with exactly what we had. And when we come and we go back to that space and listen, my parents got divorced, big whoop. There's a lot more traumatic things happening within a childhood than just a divorce. I completely get it. And those are unfortunate. And as I've learned through the training and the work that I've done, none of that stuff is excusable. But it just happened. It doesn't have to define who you are, where you're going, and who you are becoming as an individual. And I decided that I was going to leverage what I had learned. I was going to leverage that self love and I was going to pour it into what was next for my business because it wasn't social buzz TV. I hated the work. The last thing I wanted to do was post something on your Facebook page or create another piece of content for your Twitter account. I'd rather wake up in the morning and punch myself in the face then do one more minute of that work and i knew in my heart of hearts that would that, that that i didn't want that why because i was letting clients go mm-hmm. and i wasn't growing the business how mm-hmm. i survived that year is i think i lived on a line of credit or something wild like how have i stayed mm-hmm. alive that entire year another god thing mm-hmm. but 2016 i finally came out of that and her and i didn't work out she broke up with me in the middle of the course as if personal development isn't tough enough <laughs> She breaks up with me while she's in China for work for a month. So, like, welcome to the party, ladies and gentlemen. So, I came out of that saying, you know what, blinders are on. We're not going to do dating anymore. We're going to for right now. We're going to put the blinders on and we're going to figure it out because we got one common denominator with this whole dating thing and this relationship thing, Sebastian. And that common denominator, me. And as soon as I realized that, the more I started to understand. Where, what was possible with that and and, mm-hmm. and it really I really have not been in a long-term committed relationship since now mm-hmm. that could be a whole nother realm of therapy uh, to come I have no idea at all but I've also arrived at a place that I've said at 42 years old if I meet the girl of my dreams awesome
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and if I don't meet the girl of my dreams awesome because I want one thing and that's what God wants
0: because mm-hmm. nothing else mm-hmm. matters.
1: Because here's the deal. I don't care what you believe. Believe in a rock. I don't care who your God is or whatever you want to believe. The bottom line is God is going to do what God wants to do, whether you right. like it or not. And right. I, just when, once we arrive at that place of surrender, mm-hmm. it takes a long time because I think yes. by, by nature we're control freaks on here. But I came out of that in September 2016, had another awakening moment, got up one morning and I'm like, out of my way, no more of this laying around. Uh, what am I going to do with my life? What's next? Let's go figure it out. So I went and rented a desk at a co-working space here in Coral Gables. And I ran into an old friend that I had known through business, through uh, through through live events here in Miami. And um, she was like my business flirting. Like Monday, she'll be my girlfriend, maybe. Like both, you know, divorced, single parents, but we never were able to connect. But I saw her there one day. She had an internet radio show, and I said, "Hey, how's the internet radio show going?" And she's like, "Great." And I said, "How do you know?" And she goes, "I don't." And I said, well, that's a problem. So I walked her down to her car and I'm like, hey, you know, let's, let's get, let's finally get together sometime and, and we can, let's actually talk about how we can take this out with internet radio station. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Let's talk about what's possible with the podcast. She goes, I don't know how to do that. She goes, why don't you create a solution to help people start a podcast? And when I tell you the hallelujah chorus Rang and the lights went off and the antennas went up. I literally gave her a hug. She drove off. I walked back up to my new a desk and I wrote out the plan for what would become the podcast launch lab. Her and I dated for a couple months. We didn't work out, but that was all good to go. It was it was it was fun while it lasted, and I'm so grateful for that truth that she was able to share with me in the parking lot that day. Hey, why don't you create this? Because that was six years ago. Mm -hmm. And just, it's been a wild ride for the podcast launch lab ever since. And podcasting has not only just become something I do, it's become my life's work as a podcaster, as a, as a speaker, as an author, as a coach in the, in the world of podcasting and really helping um, my, my goal is to position myself as the go-to source for podcasting starting a podcast relaunching a podcast growing a podcast <laughs> content for podcasting guest you know guest um booking and research monetizing growing a podcast network so i've got big goals and ambitions for what's happening here at the podcast launch lab i, I truly honestly believe That's with everything true. i've had with absolute certainty uh, podcasting will be my ticket out of entrepreneur hell and when i say entrepreneur hell means you don't have to work anymore if you don't want to, right. of course we right. will, but you don't want to. And I'm not yeah. there yet. I make an incredible living and I'm very, very blessed, but you know, a couple of years ago by and I've probably time to go back to work out of here. So I know I'll always be working on here, but I'm just excited. And I feel like, I feel like I'm finally found my, my, my lane in my, my sphere of influence,
0: but you know, it, yes, yes. And yes. But you, I heard you say on a uh, clubhouse, I'm pretty sure it was you because you shared early in this uh, um, chat that you you quoted Bill Gates saying that you weren't in business unless, unless you had a Correct. website. Correct. And you also then said that you're not in business. So you brought it to today Correct. and that in order to be in business, you have to have some form of podcasting.
1: Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, I mean, that. if I called you in 1985 – and said hey listen you want a radio show at 10 o'clock in the morning on a fm radio station you wouldn't think about it pray about it talk to your wife about it sleep on it talk to your neighbor nothing zero zilch the answer would be an absolute
0: astounding yes
1: and then you figure it out on the way down it's one of those mm-hmm. jump off the cliff and the parachute mm-hmm. appears or god grabs you one of the
0: right two. exactly exactly and so you are absolutely in your lane but like myself having worked in my uh, sphere for 30 years, you know, building two skincare brands, pioneer in the spa industry, because when I first launched my first line in 92, there was no such thing as a spa. Right. And so anyhow, but the point is that now, um, having built and sold a formidable business in uh, the Austin, Texas area, um, I'm taking that information just as you're doing. And I'm sitting here thinking about the, your story, your journey back in, you know, from the here and then going to uh, Chicago, then California and so forth. This is all tools that is leading to today. Cause you're in your sphere of influence. Right. Yeah. I, you know,
1: and again, you know, I was always, I spent so many, I think about this so much in reflection.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: just spent so many years, just so pissed off about what, and mm-hmm. it was just, I, we, I think the, the biggest thing was, was that I was so frustrated that I couldn't get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. and the only way out of our own way the only way out is through and sometimes that's taboo and woo woo these days i don't care what you want to call it but until you're willing to actually go in and take full ownership and back up to the first time you ever experienced trauma or pain go Mm -hmm. all the way back and Mm -hmm. look at the cast of characters that are in the story and where have you been pointing fingers and once you're able to go in there and say you know what the only time i should be pointing fingers is when i'm standing in front of a mirror it's the only right. time that should be happening. And here's, here's the, 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 the challenging part mm-hmm. is that I say that the healing path found me. Maybe I found it. Maybe we found each other. I don't care. I found it. But they say, you know, very few people will choose this path. And the path of going in and saying, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to heal whatever needs to be healed. And because when we heal, others heal. And we don't have to do anything to help those people heal. All we got to do is be 100% ourselves and accountable for our lives. And when we do that, the people around, I mean, the stories and the people and the people that I swear were just set in their ways. They'll never right. come around. They've come around mm-hmm. because I've come around for myself. Not because I said, hey, <laughs> look at me and what I've done over here. And right. you'll have your families, the the, the the first ones, those closest to you, are the first ones that go, what about that course you doesn't really seem like, you know, that little, you know, the, 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 the jargon that takes place at the Thanksgiving, you know, table uh, right. from that one uncle or that one father or that one mother or sibling on there. Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. that's just a product of the people that have not done the work. And when, once you have, it's being able to walk in a room and nothing phases you
0: exactly Nothing.
1: and that takes well, a long time to get there because those triggers it does are real.
0: it was but you know i always go back to the scripture that jesus was not a prophet in his own land right here's god you know yeah. and so i mean they were like oh that jesus he worked for you know his father in his uh, carpentry shop you know that's just jesus well he was not a prophet in his own land that's human nature and it's their own fear, their own whatever. But it doesn't matter because, again, it's like you said, you're looking in the mirror. You're the only one that really matters because your light will then ultimately help them and on whatever level. It does not matter because it's not your job.
1: Everywhere we go, I try to make sure I don't care if I'm on an airplane. I don't care if I'm on a stage. I don't care if I'm in an Uber in the elevator in my building. Mm -hmm. There can be, I I was in Target the other day getting mouthwash and the guy, I wear my podcast suck t-shirts, the name of my book. And, uh, the guy looks over me and he goes, you have a podcast? He goes, I'm a big TikToker. I got like a big following. I was in the Navy and I've been thinking about starting a podcast we're like deciding which mouthwash to pick out. And he, (laughs) I immediately followed him. He followed me. He commented on one of my pictures the other day, replied back. It was great to meet you. I really want to start a podcast. We should meet.
0: So I'm like, Target. Mouthwash. Target mouthwash there you go. <laughs> so, always be prepared always be ready sure always you know, be with, ready with,
1: with an act we you know an act of mind and a heart of service knowing that what can i do to pour into this person's life Amen. you know a hello Uh, or a smile can do a lot for people's you know a lot for a person's day because we just never know what people are going through or where they're at and uh, social media allows us to put up a good front that everything is just hunky-dory but i like to have Mm -hmm. conversations about what's really going on Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's vital well i as we wind down here i would love to have you back as you continue to evolve your journey here and share with our and i know my gals here are enjoying this as much as i am because everyone, and I mean everyone, whether they actualize it or not, everyone has a dream goal and desire, whether okay. they actualize it. And the, that's what our job is, is to give information. And that's where Unique Leaders started, because it's helping people to see that, you know, this rambunctious kid who went from here to here, da 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 da, da is, has built a life. Yeah. And they can too. And my, our guest Absolutely can, too. Ooh, that so gave as,
1: me goosebumps when you said that. I didn't even think about it like that. His rambunctious kid has built a life. You know, got a lot done in 42 years, Megan. I'm excited for the next 55.
0: You have. You have. And to bring up a, a young lady who is now what age? 20? She's 20.
1: Yeah, she's 20. Wow. She'll be 21 in April.
0: That's your biggest medal on your oh, shoulder, kiddo. Ab-
1: absolutely. And, and just absolutely thriving in life. Studying psychology yeah. so she can better understand how crazy why her parents are crazy um and um she's obsessed with the world of psychology it's just incredible yeah. how god works and she's kind of just wonderful. a good she goes to grand canyon university out in phoenix uh, just oh. incredible christian universities, mm-hmm. which is where she wanted to be very heart centered kid that uh that loves jesus and i you couldn't convince her otherwise and i had nothing to do with it so wow. i had wow. nothing a lot of, I, my parents had a lot to do with dragging me to revivals and people telling me i'm going to hell based on the music i'm listening to um that was the 80s for you but um it's just been a, a an absolute wild ride but it's fun to see your kids thrive and to know that Wonderful. you know i did it i did you i put did in it. the 18 years of the you know the, the day-to-day and now i parent from afar and you know how much yeah. honey how much <laughs> yeah <You're> right right <laughs>
0: Well, I ask all my guests the same question, Sebastian, and it comes from Sharon Lecter and Greg Reed's book, Three Feet from Gold. Actually, Glenn referenced it today because he's doing a series on books. Um, But it is a, um, you know, it's it's not a self help book, so to speak. It's in a um, fiction form. I don't know if you've ever read it, but um, Sharon and Greg wrote it together. And the first part of it is about a guy that, um, in the gold rush days, it was from the east coast, and you know, wanted to, he got gold fever, so he wanted to go out west, bought a piece of property, started chiseling away, and got very frustrated, and ended up selling his little pas de terre there to a townie. That guy chiseled away, and in three feet, struck gold. So Sharon, in this um has what she calls her success formula and she speaks about it all the time and it is your passion plus talent times association plus action or times action plus faith equals success now i'm not going to ask you all of them and you've basically shared uh, this but i ask everyone what is your passion and what is your talent
1: my talent is definitely my ability to communicate with people and be in front of an audience on a platform on a stage. And I, I, I take that I do not take that opportunity uh, lightly at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, I that is my my life's next to my next to being a, a, a parent. My life's mm-hmm. biggest responsibility uh, mm-hmm. is when you have a platform uh, to much is given much is expected and that platform is there to make an impact. My passion is to leave people different then I found mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I want the experience with me to leave them different, whatever that might be. Like I had mm-hmm. mentioned before, a back of an Uber on an airplane, a telephone call, a, a text message. I, I don't know what that looks like. Hopefully it's through the work that I'm doing, the books that I'm writing, the, the, the content that I'm creating, the stages that I'm speaking on. Hopefully that people walk away and say, there was, there was something different mm-hmm. about him. And I am I'm thinking differently now. There was a shift. Because if I was able to shift so drastically, over the past seven years, then it's possible for anybody to, to, to be able to do that. And I think the more authentic and transparent we are about sharing our story, yes. the more it, and vulnerable. Vulnerability is a superpower. Being able yes. to say, hey, you know what? I don't have it all figured out. That was one of the most liberating things I was able to ever tell my daughter. I'm just making it up. <laughs> just making it up as I go, honey.
0: Yes. <laughs> and that is, and, but you were transparent. And that's the thing that is so vital as a yep. parent is to be communicating. Uh, I just don't know. I, you know, I don't have it figured out. Yes. Yep. Well, it's been a just a joy to be with you. And I know for Likewise. our listeners, thank you. And, uh, this is a podcast, you know, people can work out and listen to Sebastian and get that hope and infinite possibility. So I really appreciate you joining me today. It's been my
1: distinct pleasure, Megan. Thank you so much for the invitation. And uh, if there's anything I can do to continue to serve what you've got going on and what you're contributing to the world, don't hesitate to reach out.
0: Thank you so much. Will you just hang out in the green room for a minute as I say goodbye to our guests? Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining Sebastian and I today. And it is my extreme joy and pleasure to be able to bring to you people like Sebastian and his amazing story that you can glean that information for yourself, your loved ones, anyone that you know that could benefit from this, but we all can. So as I asked you earlier, please, please, please share this on all social media platforms, as well as go to YouTube and subscribe because it'll help others to find uh, Megan DiMartino Unique Leaders Live. And then on Tuesday, it will be a podcast on all these uh, podcasting platforms. So if you can go into iTunes, which would be so beneficial for us, so that way people will find the Unique Leaders uh, podcast, but uh, just do a review, a comment, and share it out. So I truly would appreciate it. Now, with that said, I have mentioned Hope and Possibilities, which is my platform, my book, so to speak, that I wrote and published in 2019. And it, uh, the subtitle is It's Never Too Early or Too Late to Create the Life of Your Dreams. And as Sebastian and I have spoken about today on different points of reference of growth, of beginning starting and then scaling so to speak it is never too early or too late to evolve your life but you have to do that work and go within so it is now no charge on my website megandimartino.com it is on uh, amazon but you can go there and just put in your information it's uh, it's an ebook and soon coming soon is the audiobook, so I'm very excited about that, and that will also be available on megandiemartino.com, so you can go there with that. And then, lastly, as we're speaking about Clubhouse today, I just started a Clubhouse room called Thirty Days of Hope. So the Clubhouse, um, the Clubhouse Club, is hope and possibilities, but the room is. Uh, 30 days of hope and it's monday through friday at five o'clock central six o'clock eastern and i will have a co-host every day and we just base it off a scripture day of hope so do join us on clubhouse and if you're not a clubhouse member do just take out the app and become a, a, i don't know if the word is member but get the app and go on clubhouse so we look forward to seeing you next week on the next Unique Leaders Live, but hopefully on Clubhouse on 30 Days of Hope and my book, Hope and Possibilities. Be blessed. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandmartino.com. I have a free gift for you. My book, Hope and Possibilities, just over the horizon. It's never too early or too late. To create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.